All right, back here at Gutterson Fieldhouse in Burlington, Vermont, Merrimack and Vermont, tied up at 2-2 two to two at the end of two periods of play. And joining us for the intermission here, second intermission, is Mike McMahon of the Eagle Tribune and also WarriorRinkRat.com. And, well, Mike, the, giving up 18 shots in that second period, certainly not what the Warriors wanted to do, but they get to go to the locker room and think about it. Yeah, this is a big game, too. I mean, I, I, you look at the schedule, they get BC next week on the number one team in the country. You never really know what's going to happen there. I mean, obviously, you want to get points out of that weekend. But you look at this game, it's a, a one-game weekend, again, certainly against a team that uh, that you can beat. In hockey, these points are going to be important. So uh, this third period is, is certainly going to be the biggest period of hockey that they've played this season to date, granted it's so early. What happened there in that second period? It looked to me like play opened up a bit, and uh, while they certainly have the horses to be able to, to play that style of game more so than in, in years past, it looked like it didn't really favor them in that period. Yeah, they definitely have the speed to do it where, you know, in years past they haven't. Uh, I don't know if they've got the speed to initiate it, though. I like, you know, they certainly have the speed to react to it if other teams want to play that way. Uh, but they were sort of getting into a little bit of a run and gun there. And, and UVM, you know, for much of the first period, that Merrimack controlled pretty much every facet of the game that you can control. Uh, and even in the early part of the second period, but we got, sort of got to the five minutes, five minutes in, really the last 10 or 15 minutes of the second period, I mean, it was all Vermont. I guess you have a case here where Merrimack dominated the first, but it ended up a tie. Vermont dominated the second, but it ended up a tie 20 minutes ago. Yeah, now, now it's just a matter of, you know, who comes out in the third period and gets it done. It, it could be either of these guys. I mean, look, at, you, you look at the shots 28-19, to 19, I don't think that's really indicative of how the game's been played. You look at a game that has 28-19 to 19 in shots for two periods, you think that Vermont's really been controlling the play. They were for the second period, but, I mean, you look at that first period, I think at one point, late in the first period, Merrimack had an advantage in shots of somewhere of 11 or 12-4 to 4, uh, until Vermont had that power play at the end of the period. So, like you said, it's been a tale of two periods, and it's just a matter of, uh, of who comes out here in the third and, and the walk away with well, let's talk about your column this week. You had uh, some stories, some news about recruits, and uh, also, uh, folks, we want to let them know that they can read your column online at eagletribune.com or also uh, off of your blog at warriorrinkrat.com. And, uh, well, let's first of all talk about the commitment that came today. Uh, yeah, I think it was uh, just... Uh uh, you know, I'm drawing a blank in his name. It just happened before I came up here. But uh, Josh Josh Myers, I think his name is, uh, comes out of the British Columbia Hockey League. The, obviously a league that, that Merrimack knows really well and has a lot of success recruiting out of. Uh, he's played a lot of junior games, though. You know, you look at his numbers. He's played, started in 07. He played uh, with the USHL for two years. I think he had about 100 games in the USHL. This is the second season for the British Columbia Hockey League. He's got 26 points in 16 games. I think 14 of them have been goals. So, I mean, that tells you a little bit about the guy. He's obviously a good scorer. And I think he had 27 goals last year in 45 games or so uh, with the same team with the Langley Chiefs. So certainly a guy that can score goals. Uh, not the biggest guy in the world, 5'11", 180, but I mean that's, that's average for college hockey. So he'll be able to get to the net. Uh, from, from talking to some people, that seems to be the way he likes to play. He likes to go to the net and, and, and get goals. Uh, you know, so from what I can tell, it sounds like he's a lot like a guy like a Brandon Brodock who just goes to the net and, and finds a way to score points. And he's a guy that's going to come in next year, right? He's a guy that's going to come in next year. Yeah, he's a 1990 birthday, so he'll come in as either a 20 or a 21 year old, depending on, on what month of the year he's born. But uh, yeah, he'll be in next year. And also, you had mentioned in your column this week about uh, another commitment that came actually uh, recently, a little while ago, uh, Braxton Billowitz. Yes, uh, he's a, a younger guy. You know, he's I think 16 years old. He was sort of Merrimack had a run there of the first week of October where they had committed I think three 
three players that were either 15 or 16 years old, uh, which, hey, you know, that, that's good. A lot of the good teams do that. You look at BC, I think, committed a 95 on a Mullen Catholic earlier over the summer. So those good teams get players early. Uh, he's a guy that, when I, when I talked to him earlier this week, had visited both uh, University of New Hampshire and, and Boston University and, and decided that Merrimack was the place for him, uh, mainly because of the coaches, but he also liked the small school. You know, it's one of those things a lot of people say, why would a recruit want to go to Merrimack? You look at BU, you look at UNH, why would you want to go to Merrimack? But I think the small school atmosphere is something that's attractive to some kids, you know, especially a kid out of Western Canada who comes from a small town and might not want to be in the middle of the city. Or a kid from Finland. Or a kid from Finland <laughs> who's playing in Topeka. Chris, could we add that if you uh, weren't paying attention last week, we had the news last week about the commitment of Rasmus Terranen, the goaltender, and uh, another kid who, as you said, uh, said that he liked the small school atmosphere, visited a small school, a big school, liked the small school better. Yeah, and I think that can really be attractive to some guys. I know it was attractive to me. I mean, when I, I wasn't a hockey player, but I was looking at colleges, and, and I had looked at other places like BU and, and some places in, in the city of Northeastern, for example, and, you know, I didn't want to have to take the tea to go to class. I didn't want to take the subway to have to go to class. I could wake up 10 minutes before my first class of the day and walk there and, and just walk across campus. It, it definitely it, it has its appeal. I, I certainly think it has its appeal. Let's talk about a little more about this game here. Uh, some good things, some bad things for the Warriors. The shorthanded goal uh, off of a mistake, not a good thing, of course. The, uh, the way that they played for much of that first period, a positive. And then uh, second period, uh, giving up a lot of the chances, uh, making some more mistakes, not good. But on the other hand, getting out of the period and also getting the shorthanded, not the shorthanded, but the breakaway goal by Sean Basil. Let's talk about that for a minute. I, I, he had a lot of chances last week against UConn to score and wasn't able to do so, but he, got, he made that one count on the stretch play, and uh, right off of a good scoring chance for Vermont head down the other end. I don't know if they had an assist to Canada or not, but it looks to me like he should have picked up his assist. I absolutely thought he had an assist, which I think would be his second of the year as well. So, uh, no, and, and that's the thing, you know, Sean Bates, we saw it last week, and I even wrote about it, he can fall. You know, he's got, he's got some serious speed, he's got some serious feel, and that's what that whole play was. Yeah, he was stretching, but even after he got the fight, he sort of had to turn himself around, and he still had five feet of separation, six feet of separation, and he got so fast. about the, the 
you noticed earlier in the season that the names have returned to the back to the officials jerseys. What's the story with that? Uh, it was just personal preference of the commissioner's part, which you know I, I don't really have a preference either way. I, I think I like the names. I, I think I'd rather see the names on there, but uh, from from what I could tell, exchanging emails with, with Joe Bertani earlier this week, it was his personal preference. He had a, uh, a supervisor of officials about two years ago that wanted to go to numbers. Uh, obviously, I think a lot of other conferences use just numbers and no names, uh, but. The thing that I liked about it was, you know, uh, Commissioner Bertani had said that it, it lends to anonymity among the officials, which he doesn't make sense of the right message. And, and I agree with that. You know, he, he's the guy that wants to stand behind his officials and um, like put the names in the back. So that's, that's just one way to do it. Boston College comes in next week. Uh, first of all, the boards go to BC on Friday, and then BC comes in on Saturday. Uh, quickly, your thoughts on uh, what the boards need to do, and uh, what's your Halloween costume going to be? I don't have a Halloween costume yet. I'm not, it, might, it might be something Sesame Street-ish. I, I, I've been told by some going to be Elmo, so I might have to do something. I don't know. I think I used to watch it when I was a kid. I think Cookie Monster is my favorite, uh, probably because I like cookies. So we, we, we go with that. I know, but Paul made money to see that. <laughs> I, I might wear it next Saturday. Who knows? Uh, Boston College, we look. They're the best team in the country right now. Certainly the best team in the league. Nobody's been able to stop it yet. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of it's going to be going the video. Uh, this coaching staff going to the video and saying, you know, what, what, do we, what can we do that some other teams haven't done against them? And, and I don't know what that is, you know, but it, it's certainly something that no team's been able to stop them yet. I mean, they've been riding high last February and have shown no signs of stopping uh, so far in this All right, thanks, Mike. Good to see you as always. WarriorRinkRet.com and EagleTribune.com. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks.